everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 49 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. The 2022 NBA draft is complete, and the Grizzlies have added four players to their roster via the draft as they get ready for participation in both summer leagues, the Salt Lake City Summer League and the Las Vegas Summer League. We'll tell you all about the four guys that the Grizzlies acquired via the draft, and we'll return a friend of the program, Michael Wallace, senior editor and content creator for Grind City Media. If you don't know Michael Wallace, uh, you've really been missing out. Uh, The Grizzlies and Grind City Media are so fortunate to acquire his services uh, more than a, a few years ago. He had been writing for ESPN. He's written for a number of papers of note in addition to ESPN. He was around the Miami Heat during their championship run. He is exceptionally well plugged in around the NBA. We'll talk about the draft, what the Grizzlies did, and uh, talk a little bit about the four players they did get and what this means for Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson as free agents for the Grizzlies. And we'll also touch on the ongoing drama in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But first, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City has helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com, and you can follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. They still do have on the calendar some more uh, basketball camps. These typically sell out. Uh, I have not been advised if the, these last two have sold out or not, but there is a camp at Christ the King on Park Avenue, July 11th through the 14th, and then at Independent Presbyterian Church on August 1st through the 4th on Walnut Grove Road. Uh, you can register online at hoopcitybc.com. If you have questions, you want to make sure that there is a, a space or spaces available, contact Scott Robinson. You can get a hold of Scott at 317-490-5948 or at hoopcitycamps at yahoo.com. So go ahead and check that out. Our thanks to Ernie Kuyper and everybody with Hoop City Basketball for their continued support of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Yes, it was a very eventful draft night for the Memphis Grizzlies. They come in with the 22nd and 29th picks of the first round and a pick at 47. You're out of the lottery. You've got a pretty well-stocked roster. You don't have a lot of open spaces. So what do you do? The Grizzlies, and this is what Zach Kleiman is the executive vice president of basketball operations and general manager typically does. You identify a player you want, and you trade up to get him. Uh, and so the Grizzlies trade with Minnesota 22-29 and 29 for the 19th overall pick in the draft, and they get Jake Loravia from Wake Forest. 6'7", started his collegiate career at Wake Forest, at at Indiana State, and finished at Wake Forest. Had a spectacular junior season at Wake Forest. Averaged 14.5 points per game, 6.5 boards per game. Shot 56% from the floor and 38% from three. Also a pretty decent free throw shooter at 78%. Second team All-ACC Got some really good size for a wing, 6'8". Figure he can play the three and the four. Good wingspan. 
He's a 6'8 guy, but a 6'10 wingspan. Uh, not a high-volume shooter, but pretty decent with the accuracy. Uh, also good defensively. Throughout his college career, that's two years at Indiana State, and then one year with uh, Wake Forest, averaged one-plus steal, one-plus block per game for his career. Okay, so you're basically talking about two stocks per game. Grizzlies led the NBA in that category last year. The Grizzlies used to, under a previous regime, they would announce who was coming in for pre-draft workouts. So you immediately knew who the Grizzlies were potentially looking at, who they thought they could get. Um, was Zach Kleiman in charge? And, and, and this is not a criticism. I don't have an issue with it at all. Uh, the Grizzlies do not announce who they are bringing in for workouts. So what I, what, what's great about this, uh, this Grizzlies front office, they don't leak anything. Nothing gets out. They, keep, they do a great job of keeping everything in-house. There had been, if, if you were reading the draft boards, there, there was some indication that there was interest in, in Jake LaRavia, and uh, that turned out to be true. Jake LaRavia, as it turned out, did have a workout with the Grizzlies, had an interview with the Grizzlies, so, you know, somebody somewhere figured out that, uh, you know, probably through an agent that the Grizzlies had interest in him. Um, California native, but he spent a lot of time uh, in Indianapolis playing for uh, Lawrence Central uh, as a high schooler. And then the Grizzlies go ahead and then they make another deal. And I was hosting the, the draft party uh, for the Grizzlies MVPs uh, at the Winbet Sports Bar with Brandon Johnson. And we figured, okay, well, the Grizzlies – we, and we were only going to stay through the end of the first round. We, you know, we weren't going to wait through the 47th pick, and I, most of the diehard fans aren't going to wait that long either. So we figured, okay, Grizzlies trade 22 and 29 for 19. They made their pick. We're, we're done here. And as soon as we think we're wrapping up, then Adrian Wojnarowski reports that the Grizzlies are entering a deal with Philadelphia. Uh, the Grizzlies then go ahead, and uh, they get the 23rd overall pick. Uh, De'Anthony Melton is going to uh, Philadelphia, and the Grizzlies are getting Danny Green in the 23rd overall pick. Just so you know, Danny Green, in case you weren't following the playoffs, Danny Green tore his left ACL in the Miami series of the playoffs. Danny Green five years ago you would have loved to have because of his championship experience and three-point shooting ability. I doubt seriously that Danny Green ends up playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't even know whoever has Danny Green's rights next season. I don't know that Danny Green plays for that team either, uh, coming back from from an ACL as a 35-year-old. I, I just don't know. reason the Grizzlies made this deal, at least in the short term, they were going to save themselves a little bit of, a little bit of, of money. Uh, but David Roddy comes to Memphis from Colorado State. He's 6'5". He's built like a tight end. Yes, he's played football. Uh, for Colorado State, but as a basketball player, was the Mountain West Player of the Year, averaged 19 points per game, led him in scoring, led him in rebounding, led him in block shots. Another guy who for uh, his junior season averaged better than a steal and block per game, shot 57% from the floor. And here's a guy, 6'5", 255, okay, big guy, strong guy, shot a, a surprising 44% from three. So the Grizzlies get themselves a couple of wings. LaRavia has a little bit more length. Roddy has a little bit more bulk. And then the Grizzlies 
They get the 38th pick. They trade with San Antonio. Kennedy Chandler is on the board, and this was a fan favorite for the Grizzlies because Kennedy Chandler grew up in Cordova, went to Briarcrest Christian School, um, was twice Tennessee Mr. Basketball while he was playing high school ball for the Saints. And there were some that had him as a first-round draft pick. And for whatever reason, he slipped into the second round, and the Grizzlies made a deal with the San Antonio Spurs. They get the 38th overall pick. Uh, Chandler's only six feet tall, if he is that. But then again, Chris Paul isn't really big either. So um, it, it will be intriguing to see. And, and John Moran, I think, is very excited about this pick. And hopefully John Moran can take Kennedy under his wing and, and help develop him. Kennedy, it should be pointed out, also had the best vertical leap in the combine. Normally, I'm not a big combine guy. I, don't, I really don't care about the numbers, you know, the height with, with, with shoes, with socks, in bare feet, you know, their, their 40 time, their shuttle run. I don't care about any of that. But it is interesting. He did have a 41 and a half inch vertical leap. So, so clearly, he's got some hops. He may be six feet tall, but man, he's, he's, he's got some bounce. Um, this is an opportunity to add a third point guard. Uh, assuming that you have Tyus Jones back or you get somebody as a backup to John Morant. I don't know that Kennedy Chandler, after one year of college, if, if he is going to be ready to be the backup point guard to John Morant. And then the Grizzlies, 47th overall, uh, they they pick they keep their pick uh, in, the, in the second round, and they select Vince Williams Jr. out of Virginia Commonwealth. Again, led the Rams in scoring at 14 a game, also led them in rebounding at 6 a game. All-Atlantic 10 first team, uh, shot almost 40% from three the final two seasons at Virginia, Virginia Commonwealth. So uh, the Grizzlies got some guys that can shoot with length. Um, they got wings. Again, LaRavia 6'7", Williams 6'6", Roddy maybe a little undersized at 6'5", but the bulk and his footwork uh, I think was a reason why the Grizzlies wanted to go after him. This was really a, an interesting draft because when they start making the announcements, I'm looking, you know, and, and I'm I'm working from Zam, Sam Vinci's draft guide in the athletics. So shout out Sam Vinci. And I'm trying to impart wisdom to everybody who's there at the MVP party. And I'm looking for David Roddy. And, and I mean, Grizzlies have picked him 23rd. I'm, I'm skimming, you know, like where, where is he? Where is he? And I think he had David Roddy like at 61 or 62 right next to Vince Williams. And these guys were listed in the 60s in, in that particular uh, publication as far as where Sam Vinci thought they might go. And yet the Grizzlies get these guys in, in the top 50. And in fact, David Roddy, 23rd, and Vince Williams, 47th. So one thing about this Grizzlies front office, they do not care about mock drafts. They do not care about um, you know where the draft Knicks have guys placed and where they think they're going to go the Grizzlies just they, they just figure out guys that they like guys that they think are going to fit the culture guys that are going to fit their style of play and once they identify those guys they simply go out and get those guys and if they've got to move up a couple of slots they're going to move up a couple of slots um, you know parlaying two first round picks into one first round pick they end up getting then the 23rd you know David Roddy from Philadelphia but the Grizzlies they pick the guy they want, and then they figure out how to get there. They, they don't just sit and wait and like, well, we hope this is, our, this is the best guy we had on the top of the board uh, you know, when our name was called. 
You know, they're, they're very proactive. They're not reactive when it comes to the draft. And so far, it has worked very, very well for the Grizzlies. We'll dive into the Grizzlies draft and the future of the Grizzlies in a little bit more depth with Michael Wallace of Grind City Media in just a little bit. Um, just reading now, there's a lot of reporting. And, and just in the interest of full disclosure, this is being recorded on Monday afternoon. Um, a lot of reporting about what's going on with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN is now saying that the Nets are ready to, 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 to cut ties with both players and understanding both players could leave. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving, we really don't know what he wants. Uh, is he going to walk away from a 30 plus million dollar contract? Where is he going to go? Uh, earlier on Monday, the reporting was out of the New York Post that his people had been given permission by the Nets to seek out a sign and trade deal. There were no takers with the exception of the Los Angeles Lakers and the Nets responded to uh, what was being floated out there as a sign and trade, a sign and trade possibility as in no way in hell. Um, and right now, look, Kyrie Irving, for all his brilliance as a basketball player, has got to be one of the most toxic players in the NBA. Nobody really seems to want this guy except the Lakers. Because if you get Kyrie Irving, you are going to be dealing with a lot of baggage. There were personal absences. He's, he, he, he marches to his own drum. I don't have an issue with that. But if you need a good teammate, I'm not sure Kyrie Irving is that guy. And that's why you're not seeing a whole lot of interest, a whole lot of people beating down the doors to get with Kyrie Irving. Last year, obviously, he missed a lot of time with the Brooklyn Nets because New York City uh, had the rule in effect that if you, if you were a basketball player for one of the New York teams and you were not vaccinated, you were not going to play. So, you know, played maybe half a season, if that. Uh, you know, his relationship with Durant, that remains to be seen. Are they going to stay together? Now Kyrie Irving, the reporting from Kyrie's camp, is Kyrie's okay with staying in Brooklyn. So the question is, does Durant want to play with him for another year? And now you throw Ben Simmons in there. So, I mean, you've got three very interesting personalities, shall we say. I mean, Durant, blunt, confrontational with the media on a lot of occasions, outspoken. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, clearly there were some issues in Philadelphia and was never really right, never really ready to play for Philadelphia or Brooklyn. Claim some of it was mental health issues. If that's the case, I get it. Go ahead. Take care of what you need to take care of. Um, and then Kyrie Irving, who thinks the world is flat and didn't want to get vaccinated. That's, that's kind of where we're at with the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is, for whatever reason, Kyrie Irving has just become so incredibly toxic that there isn't a team out there that really, really wants him to be part of their group because I think we're starting to see now, I, th I think we're starting to see a turn from the super team back to the team that you build through the draft. When you think about the Golden State Warriors, they were not a super team. They were built through the draft. Their core guys are guys they drafted and developed. Yes, they brought in Iguodala, although he wasn't, wasn't as much of a factor this year. Uh, they had brought Durant in for a period of time. 
Wiggins they had brought in. But by and large, this is, a, this is a Golden State team that has drafted and developed really, really well. And it's the same model that the Grizzlies are trying to work with. And I think it's a model that more and more teams are going to go with now rather than trying to bring high-priced, high-talent players in that may not play together real well. See the Brooklyn Nets. So I think we're starting to see maybe a little bit of a turn in how uh, NBA teams do their business. All right, we're going to uh, check in with uh, Michael Wallace in just a moment. For first, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, hockey fans, it's all about the pursuit of the Stanley Cup, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what win or lose now if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays you can do just that you create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win how many goals will be scored and more it's your shot at an even bigger payout now as we all know DraftKings is safe it's secure and it is reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. They're an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Now, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Oregon, visit opgr.org. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or in Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older in Wyoming. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, and West Virginia only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full details. All right, let's get to our friend of the program, Michael Wallace. Uh, I remember driving back from a uh, flying lesson and got the email several years ago that the Grizzlies were getting Michael Wallace to head up Grind City Media. And I just like, wow, that's an amazing get. Because Michael Wallace had been writing for ESPN uh, all through the LeBron James era in Miami. He has written for any number of high-profile, high-circulation newspapers. One of the best well-connected guys in the NBA and also one of the very best human beings I have ever had the privilege to get to know. And we're thrilled to have Michael Wallace continue to be with us with the Grizzlies and Grind City Media. Uh, Wonderful guy, wonderful writer, tremendous insight. And when it comes time to... uh, Talk about the Grizzlies draft and what the future may hold for the Memphis Grizzlies. I figured he's the guy to talk to. He's our friend of the program, Michael Wallace. Michael, before we get into the the Grizzlies draft, you had a big weekend with an HBCU event. Tell us a little bit more about that. Wow, thanks a lot, Pete. I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, Really, really big time uh, activation marketing opportunity. 
uh, for our HBC Grind City Media's HBCU Huddle Podcast. There was a SWAC Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, alumni cookout annual uh, that happened over the past weekend. Um, seven schools from the SWAC were represented. Uh, all Memphis residents, um, you know, just Jackson State, uh, Florida A&M, from Florida A&M and Florida all the way to Jackson State and Alcorn State and you know, just a lot of love, uh, Mississippi Valley, uh, a lot of love um, in, in Germantown. We had a park out there, uh, more than 250 people from the community, from those schools, shared stories, trash talk, um, got a chance to raise some uh, some some food and uh, uh, donate some food for the Mid-South Food Bank. So it was, a, it was a great cause and a great gathering, man. So I appreciate that. And it was all uh, done to, to bring us together in, in sort of a mini camp, a tailgate mini camp is what they called it. Uh, to get ready for this upcoming football season. And we promoted the HBCU Huddle podcast while, they, while we were there. Yeah, the HBCU schools do a wonderful job with their tailgating and with their school spirit. If there's an HBCU alum who's listening to this who's not aware of how to get involved locally, where where would they go? Oh, no question about it. I mean, first you want to come to Grind City Media and check out our HBCU Huddle because every week uh, we plug into the top stories, the newsmakers, the culture makers, and what's going on. Uh, not in just the HBCU community, but, uh, you know, just the culture in general. Um, a lot of great things are happening with with those raising money for for schools, students doing great things and just connecting students with college campuses is, is huge. So, uh, you know, yeah, you want to definitely start off with uh, Grind City Media, the HBCU huddle. And from there, you know, we'll, it's a portal to take you to all of the other things that you want to get involved with as well. I had a chance to talk with Marcus Freeman, the new head coach at Notre Dame. And when they mm-hmm. were presented with the opportunity to play Jackson State as an HBCU school, yeah. uh, they, 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 they jumped on it. You know, and, and, and Notre Dame took some, took some flag. Like, why are you playing a football championship subdivision team? It's like, it's an HBCU and it's an opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to showcase them on, on national television, on, on NBC. And so uh, I, th- I think that's going to be a great thing. Of course, that'll be, that'll be next season. But uh, that's yeah. going that's, that's to be fantastic. And, and, and I know, Pete, you, you as a, a Notre Dame guy, um, the fact of the matter is now <laughs> it's been elevated so well that uh, Deion Sanders, Prime Sanders, is recruiting against Notre Dame for some of these top guys. So, you know, the HBCUs are definitely making some noise on the recruiting front. So, you know, with a couple of top 20 uh, uh, national profile guys uh, committing to HBCUs, including Jackson State. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, they have they have some tremendous, tremendous football tradition among the HBCUs. All right, let's let's uh, move on over to the NBA. Very, mm-hmm. very busy draft night. Did you see the Grizzlies adding four guys in the draft? I mean, I know they had three picks, but they end up with four yeah. guys. Did, did, did you yeah. see did you was that on your bingo card? No, it wasn't. It wasn't, Pete. And, um, you know, you, you shared, you know, you were at two different events. I mean, you were in two places at one time <laughs> that night. So, you know, it was one of those deals where once they made the trades to solidify, you know, uh, Jake LaRavia and, and, and David Roddy, I figured that they were going to part of the deal would be to package that 47 in one of those trades and just be done with it. At that point, we all knew that they had sort of a crunch in terms of roster spots available, uh, adding two players uh, would, would put you right at that point. But then when they executed the trade and created some more uh, roster space and, and they had the opportunity in the second round to say, you know what, let's go get Kennedy uh, Chandler. Um, yeah, you, you, you keep, you keep working and it didn't cost them the number 47, which turned out to be Vince Williams jr. And so to see you uh, that night uh, introduce those draftees and Taylor Jenkins and Zach Kleiman, I tell you what, man, they needed some more chairs and some more space on that table. That was the biggest draft class that the Grizzlies have had in a long time. 
Yeah, they were they were trying to figure figure all that out. The Laravia pick, you know, and, and this is a Grizzlies front office. They they don't leak anything. You you really right. don't know where they're going. But there were there was some reporting that Laravia had drawn some interest from the Grizzlies. And uh-huh. would you see him as a a hedge against the possibility of Kyle Anderson not being with the Grizzlies as he de- he could depart via free agency? Mm-hmm. I mean, you definitely see that. Uh, you, you definitely needed to bolster the depth. Um, I, I was made aware of uh, Laravia working out uh, at least once and then having a follow-up interview uh, with the Grizzlies, um, you know, a couple of days before uh, doing a conference call, uh, Jonathan Gavoni with ESPN mentioned uh, Laravia is a guy to look out for in terms of the Grizzlies and the, the kind of players that they were looking at. Um you know, so when, when you talk about the size at 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", the ability to put it on the floor, uh, to shoot three, um, you know, to be able to be big when you need to go small and, and to, to give you some spacing. Um, yeah, he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He, he doesn't have the kind of handle and facilitate facilitating nature uh, that a Kyle Anderson would necessarily bring. But I do think you bring this class in to say, OK, we have to take care of what we need right now for the draft. And then with free agency, there's going to be some attrition maybe. If we have to lose some guys, then we lose them. We still got these young guys to come back to at a position that, you know, if we take some losses, uh, we can definitely come back and, and, and fill that void there at the small forward, the big forward spot. The Roddy pick, obviously there is basketball talent there. Yeah. But when you meet him, you talk to him, you see his social media posts, it becomes immediately apparent why he as a basketball player and as a person would be appealing to Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins and the culture they they have created here. And and this is something I've asked Zach about it, and I've talked to Taylor about it. It almost seems like the Grizzlies define over and above basketball, this is the the type of guy we want. This is the guy Mm -hmm. who's the ideal Memphis Grizzly. And and I think think Roddy fits that as well as anybody I've seen in recent history. I mean, all these guys come in with with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, You know, Roddy comes in you know, carrying a couple chips on his shoulders and you better not get in front of him because he'll, he'll, he'll <laughs> knock you over pretty easily. Um, you know, but he, he's a guy that, you know, played football as well at the college level, um, basketball-wise. I mean, he, he didn't overlook bigger opportunities. He said that Colorado State was a perfect fit for him. Um, but he certainly is a guy that says, I want to come in and play a role. I'm going to be hungry and I want to get after it from the very beginning. And he wants the opportunity to go against more well-known players, bigger players to prove that, you know, hey, he's definitely uh, a first-round pick. There was some question whether he was going to get taken in the first round. But now that he's here and you can see how he fits along with these guys, the personality, he's really tied with Tyus Jones and Tyus' family. So he already did some work uh, to understand what kind of organization he was coming to. Uh, that was just a pleasure. And then he's just a fun, jovial guy to begin with. So, you know, you add all of those things together, um, and he's going to be a quality, productive guy uh, playing at that power forward, small forward combination spot. Yeah, one guy on social media said, I think he might be a fan favorite. I said, no, there's no might about it. He is, <laughs> he is going to be a fan favorite, whether he's playing in Memphis or he spends some time in the G League. I, I think everybody yeah. everybody is is really going to love him. And then you get what they would say in New Orleans, the Lanyap. The the, 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 extra, yeah. the the extra pick in you you get Kennedy Chandler where this is a guy. Look, I, I was I was working off of Sam Vincy's report in the Athletic, and I'm at a draft party, and I'm I'm looking up Laravia and Roddy, and Zach Kleiman doesn't care about mock drafts at all. Right, right. And Laravia and Roddy were like 61 and 62 on Vincy's list, so I mean they were you know they were not really high. But think 
Kennedy Chandler is, is a guy that a lot of people really, really liked. And when he kept dropping and dropping and dropping, I know Zach Kleiman was, a, you know, as confused or as perplexed as anybody, but was very happy that he was there at 38. What did you hear about Kennedy Chandler, why he may have dropped? And then it becomes an obvious pick hometown kid. You know, you can always use another point guard. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the very beginning, I mean, even the eve of the draft, you know, he was still projected. I mean, if, if you would have told me that the Grizzlies walked away with Kennedy Chandler at 22, I would have been like, okay, makes sense. 29. Yeah, makes sense. But to get him at 38, it, something had to have gone uh, unexpectedly. And, and I think once you get to a certain level, uh, different teams have different motivations with where they are with their rosters. Um, there's a lot of point guards out there. And, and then the, the sort of question about Kennedy was physically, can he hold up in the NBA? He's a smallish point guard um, at, 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 you know, basically right at six feet, if not a little bit short of that. Um, and he didn't have a whole, he, he did some quality work at Tennessee, but you really would have loved to have seen the scouts that I've talked to said they really would have loved to have seen one more year uh, out of him in the college level to see, you know, how he would adjust to teams that adjusted to him that second time through. Um, and I think that might have cost him a little bit, but still, he ended up in a in a nurturing environment coming to Memphis. This is a franchise that that values him. They valued him as a first rounder um, in, in that situation. And then, you know, you come in and you get to learn behind John Morant. Uh, there's not better places and better opportunities you can get than coming back home where you're going to be a fan favorite. You're going to have an organization that knows what you're capable of doing. And you have a big brother at point guard who wants you to be successful and will sacrifice some of his personal numbers to make sure you get success. So Kennedy couldn't be in a better situation than in Memphis right now. And then Vince Williams. And, you know, you mentioned Kennedy as, as a one and done three of the four picks are multiple college yeah. year guys, including Vince Williams Jr., that a, a lot of people, unless you follow the mid-majors, don't know a whole lot about coming out of Virginia Commonwealth. What do you see in uh-huh. Vince Williams and, and what he brings to the table? You know, VCU is a strong program, man. They're mid-major, but we've seen them do damage in the tournament. We've seen them do damage in the conference tournaments. They always have players that are NBA-ready. Guys tend to go there and stay three or four years. And Vince Williams is one of those guys that fits that same mode. Um, he reminds me a lot, like when I saw him, you know, at his size at six, 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 seven, can do a little bit of everything on the wing. He's a Swiss Army knife guy. He can score if you need buckets. He's definitely a defender, a two-way guy. I said, you know what? That's a Tayshawn Prince type guy in terms of scouting. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know the kind of guys that Tayshawn Prince would like. And it was great seeing Tayshawn uh, on draft night and at the press conference as well. Um, this is a guy that's going to make the most of his chance. Uh, it's probably going to come via the hustle. Uh, initially, he's got to make the roster. But I see what they saw in him. And he's the guy that put up 27 points on Jake LaRavia and Wake Forest in the last game that they played. So that's, that at least gives them some trash point, trash talking points going into training camp. Summer League is going to be super interesting this year. I, I know going yeah. into it, I'm like, oh, who's, who's, going to, you know, who's going to be on the team? Because you don't have a lot of really young guys. Now, mm-hmm. Zaire Williams is going to uh, play, obviously, which I think is compelling in and of itself. And they're going to put the ball in his hands, much as they did with Desmond Bain last year. So I think that makes it compelling. But now, now you have these four guys along with Zaire Williams. And I I think that's going to be real exciting. By the way, I don't know if you, did you see Zaire Williams and the guitar smash at the Memphis 901 FC match? I did. I did. I I got quite a laugh out of that. That was, I I saw it live and it was, it was fantastic. I I called that match with JJ Greer and we just, we just busted out laughing because he, man, he, and, and Taylor Jenkins set a high bar. Smashing yeah. the, car, the guitar last year, but uh, if you haven't seen it, 
check out Zaire Williams smashing the guitar, going Steve Austin with bottles of water instead of cans of beer, which uh, <laughs> it was the day after National <laughs> Hydration Day, I think. And I think that 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 might be why why that why that played into it. Let's get back to the Grizzlies who were on the roster last year. Um, yeah. For me, I think if you're the Grizzlies, you move heaven and earth to keep Tyus Jones mm-hmm. in Memphis. He's unrestricted. But the Grizzlies do have his bird rights, so they can they can pay more than any other team. Do you got a sense is 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 Tyus back as as the Grizzlies' backup point guard, or or is there something else that may be going on? You know, I had a chance, Pete, to to, to talk to Tyus one on one in the actual interviews at the end of the season, and you know, obviously we, we were on the road trip traveling with these guys throughout the playoffs, and so I had a, a chance to talk to Tyus and his family. And I, I, I will tell you this. If this was the offseason going into last after last offseason, I would say there's probably zero chance that Tyus would come back. Right. I think he had fallen out of the rotation. He really didn't see how he fit um, in, in going into the playoffs or coming out of the playoffs last year. But I think that this season was so much of a validation for who he is as a person. Um, his family grew. Uh, his game grew. He continued to set records for assist to turnover ratio. He stepped in. Um, to help the Grizzlies go 20 and five when John Moran wasn't there. John loves playing with him. Um, he loves being a backup. He loves starting. He wants that opportunity. Um, so I, I think if there, it only takes one team in free agency to give you the kind of deal and opportunity that you need. It doesn't take all 28 or 29 or 30 of them. Um, I do think there are a handful of teams out there that will, that will make some competitive, uh, if not outright, uh, hard offers to turn down. Um, but I do know the Grizzlies value Tyus. And, you know, he has a home here if he wants it. It's just a matter of how can they get to those numbers. So, you know, we're a couple of uh, – we're closing in on the eve of free agency. And it's it's, it's going to be up to Tyus to figure out what, what he values because I think this team is much better with him than without him. I think we take a step back if he's not there. Um, I do think that, you know, we, we pick right up where we left off if he is back. So it's going to be one of those intriguing uh, questions heading into uh, summer league and, and free agency. You touched on on Ja Morant and his relationship with Tyus, and Ja was there when Kennedy Chandler uh, uh, virtually he was there when Kennedy Chandler got got picked. How yeah. Im- how important is Ja's leadership? And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word magnetism. Mm-hmm. How important is that to this team? Not only with the guys that are on the roster, but guys out there in free agency who may be contemplating a number of teams that could include the Grizzlies and the fact that you could play with John Morant. Pete, you've been around with, with the Grizzlies uh, far longer than I have, but I can tell you this much from covering them uh, at, within the organization and also externally with ESPN going back for ways now. Um, they've never been in this position where they've had such a charismatic young player able to recruit prime players and, and young talent uh, from a recruiting standpoint and free agency as they do right now with Ja, ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. I think those guys resonate with other guys uh, across this league. The league basically flipped from a veteran league to a young guys league. And all of these guys either know Ja Morant, respect him, um, and they w- are willing to listen to him. You know, Memphis isn't one of the you know traditional sexy markets when it comes to free agency. But, you know, hey, Oklahoma City wasn't. You know, I mean, guys wanted to get traded there when Russell Westbrook was there and Kevin Durant were there. Um, you know, San Antonio, same situation. Portland, same situation. Uh, you can look across the league and see those kind of teams uh, where guys want to end up going that aren't traditional uh, free agent markets. Orlando wasn't one uh, for a long time. But I think right now, John Morant is charismatic enough uh, to, to make some phone calls and reach out to some guys and say, hey, look at what we have. 
um, give us a chance. And then once you bring someone to Memphis and their particularly their families come with them and see what it is, what it's like in Memphis, how welcoming it is, how warm it is. Um, it's, it's hard. So I, I think Memphis is at Memphis will have a seat at the table uh, in free agency now more so than they've ever had before. And, uh, and the sky's the limit. Yeah. It, it's not all about the super teams anymore or essentially the major markets, obviously Golden State, but Golden State built through the draft. This wasn't, yeah. this, this wasn't a super team. And even last year's champion Milwaukee, nobody would have ever thought that Milwaukee was going to be a destination either. Uh, and of course, right. Tennessee doesn't have personal state income tax, which is, which is always a plus. Um, one other thing I just want to um, broach here with you is, and there's a lot of reporting going on. We're recording this for the listener. We're recording this on Monday afternoon and the Kyrie Irving situation in Brooklyn right now appears mm-hmm. to be a major mess. Uh, <laughs> is, I guess, I guess it's an understatement uh, to draw a laugh. Um, so, Kyrie Irving, we're understanding that the Nets have said, look, if you can find a sign and trade, you know, yeah, go ahead, you know, get your people to, to look at that. Um, supposedly the Lakers are the only team that is interested and the Nets, the reporting at this moment is, are not interested in what <laughs> the Lakers are offering. Right. Uh, and so Kyrie comes back and now there's a report coming out. Well, you know, maybe I, I would stay with the Nets. Um that's just an intriguing situation because uh, I, and I, I saw a post on social media from one of the guys who uh, Howard hardwood paroxysm yeah. said you would, you would move heaven and earth to get Kevin Durant on your team. You would not do that to get Kyrie Irving on your team because there's just, there's just way too much baggage going on. Do you yeah. have, do you have any sense of, of how this is all going to shake out in Brooklyn? And I, I feel badly for Steve Nash who just, is like being held hostage in this whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steve certainly knew what he was getting into though, because when he took that job, I mean, those were three personalities that have been difficult to wrap your arms around. I mean, despite the production, I mean, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, um, you know, those are three hall of famers, no question about it, but those are also three guys that have different levels of sensitivity uh, that makes it difficult to coach and the trust and the, and the professionally, uh, build your franchise around when they're holding the leverage with free agency. And so you look at Kyrie Irving now, I've always felt like there's a lot of smoke here and, and not enough fire. It's so It started so early before free agency that you almost felt like this is just posturing right now. And at the end of the day, where else are these two? Like Brooklyn already feels like they, 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 they had to give up James Harden and they took back Ben Simmons and they don't know what they're going to do with Ben Simmons yet. So if you're going to do this again with Kyrie Irving, um, I, I, it, to me, it always seemed like it was going to go back to Kyrie having to go back to, to Brooklyn. He and Kevin Durant were working it out, getting to the season as quickly as possible so they could start playing games again and put this noise behind them. I don't know how many teams are gonna, it's going to take to make that kind of move. To And, and where, what is this market? That's the number one question. You just answered it. The Lakers were seemingly are the only one that's willing to do something to that extent. And then how do the dominoes fall if Kyrie leaves? What does that mean for Kevin Durant? Well, Kevin Durant just signed a major extension. So Brooklyn still has his contract for the next three, four years. Um, hopefully this thing, cooler heads prevail and Kyrie stays and they can really make a run at it and Ben Simmons can get healthy. I think that's the best case scenario. Uh, but again, it just shows you that you really can't trust, uh, put a lot of professional trust in a guy like Kyrie, despite his immense talent. Yeah, there there is no question he is a Hall of Fame level talent. But the trouble yeah. that it, that any team any team that might consider acquiring him the the level of 
trouble and difficulty that you may have. I mean, there have been injuries, there have been personal issues, and then obviously not getting vaccinated in the New York City situation uh, really curtailed his season last year. So that that's going to be, I think, as intriguing as any story in the NBA. Thankfully, the Grizzlies not involved in that soap opera, and you don't have to worry about guys like that. And And that gets back to the point I made earlier. I really think that, and I talked with a member of the Grizzlies front office who said, I hope other teams don't use our model where you pick a guy, where you where you focus on a guy and he's like, we're going to get that guy. It's not like, well, we're picking it, you know, whatever the number is. And we hope the guy falls to us. It's like they, yeah. ma- they make it happen. They wanted Jake LaRavia. They moved up a couple spots in the draft. They wanted Roddy. They made it happen. Chandler basically kind of fell in their lap, really. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, that, but that's the way that they're doing it. And, I, and uh, like I said, the Grizzlies front office is saying, boy, I hope other teams don't discover what we're doing because they're really, really happy with, with the four guys they got. And I, I think that uh, it's a hedge against guys potentially leaving in free agency. And, uh, you know, you've you got to continue to build for the future. And I, I think the Grizzlies front office has done a really, really good job of, to this point, they've, they've made really good picks, and we'll see how these four guys turn out. Oh, no question. No question about it. And sometimes when you do that, you know, you target who you want, you target what the best fit is for you and you live with the consequences if it doesn't work out. Now, so far, this front office is, is four for four when it comes to drafts. I mean, they, they haven't drafted anybody that's considered someone who did not work out. I mean, you can question some of the trades and, and whether the trades uh, made sense. But even those trades came with either getting cap space for the future or assets for the future. Justice Winslow, frankly, did not work out in Memphis, but it was it was it was a low risk situation. They didn't risk a lot to get him. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, Jared Culver didn't work out in Memphis, but it didn't cost them anything. They needed to do the transactional thing for the money to make that deal work. And in both cases, they, they, they were part of bigger deals that landed them future assets in addition to that. So even when guys don't necessarily play on the court to the to to the level of what a trade may warrant. Um, the Grizzlies have still been in a plus territory in, in terms of uh, building and collect, collecting assets. So, yeah, that model has worked. Uh, it reminds me a lot of San Antonio. Um, they don't look at the draft board for what everybody else is doing. They go get guys that they want no matter where they're positioned. And uh, that's been a successful model that built that franchise into a championship team. And I think the Grizzlies have the, uh, the, the blueprint that they're using in a, in a similar fashion here. Everything that the Grizzlies front office does is exceptionally well thought out. Everything that you write is exceptionally well thought out. What you got? What 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 you get coming? What what's in the pipeline for Grind City Media for you right now? Oh, for sure. We got a, a, a mini camp uh, summer league preview coming to tell you a little bit about these guys and what you can expect to see uh, when they get to Salt Lake City first for three games and then over to Vegas for four plus one for five games there. You're talking about seven games in a span of thirteen days, and I think the Grizzlies are going to be one of the most fun summer league teams to watch with just different shapes, sizes, and energy that they're going to bring to the table. I think these guys are going to, you know, <laughs> they won a summer league championship a couple of years ago in Taylor Jenkins' first year. I think they're going to make some noise and make a nice run in both Salt Lake City and Vegas when they get there next week. Micah, thank you so much for the time. Always a pleasure to talk to you. This is an exciting time of year with the draft and free agency and summer league, and uh, can't wait for it to get rolling. Hey, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Pete. I appreciate it. Great to have Michael Wallace with us here on the show. Please do follow him on Twitter at MyMikeCheck. That's the Twitter handle. And, of course, you can read him at Grizzlies.com and GrindCityMedia.com. You'll also see him periodically on Rise and Grind. That's the uh, morning show on Grind City Media with Jessica Benson and Megan Triplett. 
So check that out as well. Thanks to Michael Wallace for stopping by and chatting about the Grizzlies draft and their future direction. Also, our thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook and Hoop City Basketball Club for their continued support of this fine, fine podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we will be back with more. And uh, don't forget, I'm going to be going to the Las Vegas Summer League, so uh, we hope to have some very exciting content and uh, interviews coming from Las Vegas in the first part of July. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.